And you saw the sweet potato poon. I, I, I know you commented on that. God, like from again, Al Roker. <laughs> tasty and people that come up with these ideas. And granted, sweet potato poon is is a very, <laughs> very southern res- recipe. But it was hidden for a reason. We do not need this in our lives. We don't need this swill. It's like eating bojangles for God's sakes. Am I an uncultured savage for not have having having? Sweet potato poon. No, like I am for sweet potato because pie. because you know what? Neither have I. All right. You are locked on Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We live. Welcome to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Walker Mail alongside Nada Edwards. No Doug Branson today. He is traveling to Nashville, I believe. Yes, to Nashville, visit his, Tennessee. Yep, to visit his family for Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving to him and happy Thanksgiving to you guys. We will not be here this Thanksgiving weekend, so we will take tomorrow off and Friday off. But we will be back that following Monday. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow myself at Walker Mail, Nada at Nada the Scribe, and Doug at Doug Branson LOH. And you can find the show handle on most social media platforms at Locked On Hornets. So again, last show of the week before we join you next Monday. But a lot of stuff to talk about today with the Bradley Beal rumors still looming out there. So you do have a couple of reports. Yeah. That Bradley Beal is a is a guy that the Charlotte Hornets have called the Washington Wizards and inquired, which not shocked. I would imagine a lot of teams. I would imagine borderline every single NBA team has reached out to yeah, Washington. Anyone, anyone with any sort of asset has probably called. Sure. So you're, you're looking. It just seems a little bit more real with Charlotte with all of this pressure to give Kimba Walker help. Watching around the horn yesterday, it's the first time I've ever heard them talk about the Charlotte Hornets. Yes, but the thing is, and I guess we can start talking because, again, I got story time. I got rumors. I got sources. You got sources? I got sources. No, what are your sources? So I made a couple of calls, again, exchanged a couple of DMs. <laughs> the source on this was talking at least, again, there were apparently rumors during the Celtics game or before the Celtics game that this was going down, or at least they had called. The question I have is if you're bragging about this, if you're being chesty about this, do you really think you can make a deal or are you doing it for posterity's sake to say, hey, at least we're trying? Like, hey, right. And I get you on that. Like, because there is so much pressure to keep Kemba Walker here with the Charlotte Hornets. So are you leaking this out as a part to say, hey, we are doing our due diligence. We are trying to figure this out, but we might not have the assets to do it. And they are really, it is a it really hard situation to be in. As we mentioned, Mitch Kupchak taking this job, there's just not a whole lot of assets to deal with right now. And so you're interested in if the pressure is so great for Mitch Kupchak to do something what would you be willing to part with? Does that pressure break you enough to be able to get rid of some of these younger guys? So the realistic assets that you'd be willing to give up, or that at least that would be enticing for a Wizards team, right? Regardless yeah. of whether you're willing to give it up right now, the enticing pieces on the Hornets are your draft picks that you have, Yep. Malik Monk, Yep. Miles Bridges, mm-hmm. a Jeremy Lamb expiring. That's what you have if we're excluding Kemba Walker from this. And Frank and possibly Biz. Biz isn't an asset. Biz, biz, is, can, biz is like the actual opposite of an asset. Here, no, no. Here's that's an awful contract. Here, no, because remember Speak that. To me. 
it ends next year. No, it's he's got a player option. So he's got so he's got this year and it's the year after that. So if you want to do that, then Marvin Williams is the same. Yeah, exactly. That's why I said that, that's the thing. Well, okay, I wouldn't call those assets, but you do have at least They're what I options. think. I'm leaving that out, right? I'm not putting that in the asset column. Feel free for you, but I'm not going to do that. So I'm believe I'm saying Jeremy Lamb is the other one, and I would put like Frank Kaminsky is expiring, but you know, like if you wanted to, it maybe want to be, it might be one of those things where, hey, my ego, I can fix Frank Kaminsky to be a better basketball player. So possibly, but whatever, right? Like you, you don't have a lot. So in order to get a Bradley Beal, I would imagine it would take something of either Malik Monk or Miles Bridges or both, probably both. Or a first rounder thrown in there, along with an expiring of Lamb, and then Marvin to match the salary. This this Nick Batum stuff, man. Like, look, like the to and I saw you arguing with about this on Twitter yesterday with some people. I, I'm with you on this, man. The, the, you can match the salary without throwing Nick Batum in there. Why would the Wizards take Nick Batum, a bottom? I shit ten. Is it a bottom 10 contract in the league? It just might be. Bottom five. So it might be a bottom five. So why would the Wizards take on all that money that you have locked up until 2020, 2021, getting rid of a remarkable asset as a guy who is making very close to the same money, but is 25 and is already a proven all-star? So why are you taking that? Like I don't want to hear about it matches the salary because you can do that with a Marvin, a Jeremy Lamb, and a Malik and whatever, right? Exactly. Like you can do that in a way easier way that would be way more appealing to the Wizards. So if you're the Wizards, nah, man, like keep Nick. This isn't a part of the discussion to me. Nick isn't movable for at least another year and a half. Right. Let's be real. Look, if if that is something that happens, I will be truly shocked. I will eat my crow on this show. But that just is that is shocking to me. That would be more than shocking to see Nick Batum in a Wizards uniform via trade. So I would imagine, because you can match the salary, they would like to take a Marvin Williams. He would serve the Vince Carter to an Atlanta Hawks role, right? Mm-hmm. You get your old guy that's just a level-headed, awesome dude and put him on your roster. He is a $15 million contract that he'll opt in next season, and then his contract ends at the Maybe end of next he year. Opts in. Well, at $15 million, he ain't getting that on the open market anymore. No, else. but here's the thing. Here's what we see with some veterans. Some veterans opt out to get the – instead of getting 15 end up getting 12 or something – or a few more million getting it in because, the, again, the free agency crop is kind of drying up right now. Well, I, I would imagine that he and, – and if so, that only helps the case, right? Yeah. If if that if you think that's a possibility, that only helps the case. And MKG or Marvin, those would be the guys that would be thrown in there. So my question to you, Nada, is as we ramble and discuss all the possibles, right, all the mm-hmm. possibilities, right? My question to you is the, the true assets that you would have a big problem giving up is obviously Malik, Miles, and a first-round selection – how much is there a combination of those three that you would give up? Is there somebody that's untouchable to you? Are you protecting the first round pick? How much of each of those three things, Malik, Miles, and a first round pick in next year's draft, how valuable are each of those to you? And what would you be willing to give up if it meant getting Bradley Beal in a Hornets uniform? Here's my thing I would have said before this anything, you, you got to do what you can, do whatever you have to, even if it means all three even if it means all three. But I sat back and thought about this. Miles is playing crunch time minutes at the four right now. The four is a massive, massive gaping hole. And unless you think Bradley Beal and Kemba Walker is going to be strong enough of a team 
to attract people on a buyout market. And I'm not so sure it is. But on top of the fact that you are probably letting go of two guys like Malik, you know what? Cool. I'm fine. Again, Malik Malik has to be the guy you're willing to give up. They play the same position. Malik obviously is less valuable than Miles at this point, certainly with this shooting slump. And I would hate to see him go. I'm just a huge fan of his style. But the guy's been inefficient this season. Mm -hmm. And if Malik Monk is the guy, if Malik Monk is the guy you let go, then it would be hard to imagine him stepping in any starting role with this team. He would be a guy off the bench. Malik is fine. So it ultimately comes down to Miles and this first-round pick. It doesn't sound like you're willing to part ways with Miles in this scenario. Miles, you need right now. You need him. Because if you're trading MKG, then who's going to be the the backup for? Like, that's my question. We're not putting Frank there. You can't. We've seen that. He's mentally shot. Like, we talk about Nick Batum being shot. So is Frank Kaminsky. At this point, you are taking entirely too much off this roster to make this effective. Yes, you'll have an additional score, but you're also taking away from that bench that was actually doing pretty well. Right. So I I, I thought about this too, man. Like, I don't want to see Miles go. Malik Monk, we both can agree he would be gone and you would have to pull the trigger on that. That can't be the deciding factor if you say no or not. But if you let go of Miles Bridges, somebody who's already shown you some potential, he is playing some significant minutes for this team. I get all of that and I wouldn't like it and I would hate it. I still think I do it. And it wasn't fun getting here. Nada. Like it was not. But I still think I do it. And here's why. Because if you get if you get Miles and Monk in the same vein. If you put both of those guys and get them out of Charlotte in order to get Beal, then that would hurt you. But you look at the salary cap situation. Guys that are going to be off the books after next season, it's going to be Bismack's contract. He's going to opt into a $17 million yeah. deal, but he'll be gone. Marvin Williams will be gone. He'll opt into his $15 million deal. At least I think so. Let's say he does for the sake yeah, of argument. Yeah, $32 million right Yeah, there. so that would be, bam, like both of those contracts. MKG, like I understand that he's played well, and maybe he salvaged this to be a, a okay contract, but he, I think he opts in, and then I don't I don't think he gets that much money on the market after this, right? So, yeah. so at least at least it's coming to an end anyway right so then that contract's off the books you also have Jeremy Lamb off the books after this season the point is you have a lot of money to work with mm-hmm. so you control Bradley Beal for two more years after this season mm-hmm. as a 25 year old as on a 28 million dollar contract like that's a fantastic asset that's a fantastic situation to be in i'm cool with paying Kimba with paying Bradley you got some money freed up and even if it means not having Miles Bridges. And then if you throw the first round pick in there, if you get both of those guys, it's damn going to be protected, I would imagine. No, right? it's not. I don't think it's going to be protected. You think at it's all. unprotected and Malik and Miles? Yep. I think I think you get some protection on it. I don't know how much. Maybe it's top ten protected, maybe it's lottery protected, but I don't think you get rid of that much. So I here's I, here's the question I do have for you on this. All right. You seen we've seen what the Jimmy Butler deal was, right? The Jimmy I did. Butler I did. was two rotation, two young, two young rotation guys. One is on a rookie deal. The other is on slightly make, an elevated. He's deal. making a lot of money. Yeah. Covington's making a good bit of money. He's making a good bit of money, but at the same time, you got two legitimate guys for a guy that didn't want to be there. Now we're talking. Now again, we're talking about a twenty-five-year-old all-star with basically two and a half years of control. 
how much more are you really going to have to give on top of that? Yeah, I, I think with the younger pieces, though, right, the thing about younger pieces, though, is is deals. Now, I, I saw one guy say this to you. I think it was our boy uh, Pre Malone, right? Like, yeah. I agree with him on this point to you, I believe, when I was reading some of those comments that you were getting. Like, deals are done on potential all the time. It's, they it's, are. It's, it's the reason why draft selections are so coveted. Like, people, once they grow legs and, and arms and start playing basketball, they instantly lose value. Yes. Because those draft picks are controlled by the team that is getting them and they get to have whatever pick of the litter that they want in that next year's draft and the higher it is the bigger the the bigger the options that you have so with that first round pick i get it but also people still like younger guys right yeah no rookie contracts they love them right and so i feel like dario Saric, this is his third year i am right i like dario i feel like once you have two years under your belt it doesn't mean that your history is written we can look at jeremy lamb the guy stepped up in his fourth year and his fifth year and really kind of blossomed into the guy he is now but i the younger you go the i think broader spectrum of your thoughts i mean are. I, don't, I don't disagree with you because that's how we ended up with nick batum like, right look at it like that that's yeah. how we ended up with nick batum yeah so. what no and and so i i think and i'm with you on the philadelphia thing like yes if it's for jimmy butler who you don't control his contract beyond this season but philadelphia's in a situation where it's different like they're all in it right now they've got two stars charlotte has one you know i'm I think it's different, but I understand that it's not like the Wizards are. It's a slam dunk. Let's hang up this phone. We got a steal against Charlotte. But I do think that you end up making that deal. I, I I do think you do it, and it would be tough to see Miles go. But if it brought in Bradley Beal, I'd be cool with it. Thanks for listening here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. It's the season of giving, and we're giving you daily Hornets talk in your podcast feed. We need you to show your support by joining our Patreon page for as little as $1 a month. $1. You'll be supporting the content that you depend on. Patreon.com slash LOH. Patreon.com, once again, it is slash LOH. Indiana Pacers come to town tonight. They're a good basketball team, 11-6, and six, but can Kimba and his hot streak continue to get them on top and get a two-game winning streak against some good teams in the Eastern Conference? Tune in after the break to find out. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked on Hornets. Nature's first green is gold, her hardest hue to hold, her early leaves a flower, but only so an hour. Hmm. Then leaf subsides to leaf, so Eden sank to grief, so dawn goes down to day, nothing gold can stay. We need the boys to mend with that now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Welcome back to the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Indiana Pacers coming to town tonight. 11 and 6. I think they currently sit at the what what position they stand in the standings right now. It is still a very good basketball team. They are currently third in the standings yes. in the Eastern Conference, right behind the Bucks and the Raptors just ahead of Philadelphia, uh pretty much tied with them, but they have the tiebreaker as it stands right now. So, Indiana, again, good nada. When you look at this team coming to town tonight, what are some things that kind of pop off of the page to you when looking at whether the Hornets can actually come away with a victory? Well, again, no, again, how good is our bench really going to be? Because, again, as of this recording, Billy Hernan Gomez is out That's for this right. game against a sprained, with a sprained ankle. MKG is out. That's two major cogs to what your bench is. 
that means you're going to throw Biz in there or potentially Frank Kaminsky. Right. I saw that. Rick Bennell tweeting that Biz is going to be your backup center and or Frank Kaminsky. So is this the first time we see significant minutes from him? He's the only guy that we have not seen significant minutes from this year. And he just might give you some tonight against Indiana because of the injury. I wish Mike Toby was still around. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you do not. No, I do. Don't say that. He gave you what? Like, uh, that was a game against Toronto. He gave you nothing. Yes. Even even for Frank, that's disrespectful. <laughs> Mike you know Toby. what? I love me some Mike Toby with Virginia, man. But you don't mean that. You stop it. You're high off of whatever holiday drink that you're already sipping on. But you do have Frank Kaminsky possibly giving you some significant minutes. And you mentioned that bench, Nada. The Pacers bench is really good. Yeah. I, like, they're I amazing. The statue, yeah. The stats you gave me were like, okay, this is eye-popping. This is going to be a struggle. And... Hopefully Malik was listening to his nice little meditation tape that Doug made for him because we need him tonight. It's a big game for Malik. I'm with you. I, when you look at this Pacers team, you look at the stats that they uh, that they show you here. So Boyan Bogdanovich and DeMontis Sabonis both come. Uh, both are guys that can really hurt you, right? So DeMontis mm-hmm. Sabonis and Tyreek Irving or Tyreek Evans, I should say. Sabonis and Evans are three of the top four scorers for this team, and they both come off of the bench. You have Thaddeus Young as a starter, Darren Collison as a starter, but then you get to Corey Joseph, you get to Doug McDermott. Aaron Holiday has been playing well the last couple of days, their rookie point guard out of UCLA. So they have some really good guys that are coming off of the bench, and they are, when you look at their recap efficiency difference, they are third in the league. They are fifth in efficiency recap as a whole. So this Indiana Pacers bench is very good. And you mentioned Malik Monk. If MKG is going to be out, which is already he's already been phenomenal this season. Yeah. MKG has uh, he he hurts them certainly. And you have Billy, who is coming off of a good game, probably his best game of the season last uh, in this last game. Exactly, post scoring. Right. You you need some post scoring. You need some scoring. Period. And Malik being absolutely brutal the last five mm-hmm. games or so. That I don't think you can win without another Kimba forty point performance, which we very well very well might get. But I think you need Kimba to be super Kimba if that bench is going to continue to play the way it has, and you have both of these guys off of the floor. I don't th- like this one has the feeling that Indiana is going to run and just run away from this team, and maybe that means we get to bacon our turkeys early, maybe getting a little <laughs> bit of sweet potato pie in us a little bit early. Well, pumpkin pie for me, but yeah, sweet potato pie for you. I feel so bad for your taste buds. <laughs> I'm I'm interested to see just how that bench performs, though, but you're absolutely right. Like Malik Monk, to me, is a guy that needs to stand up. Can Tony Parker? Tony Parker might need to give you a, a decent game Tony here. Parker might need it. You might need yeah. a 24-point game from Tony Parker. Yeah, at, at least somewhere in that realm. And then you look at the starters. You know, Kimba, it's it's evil to ask more of him right because he's given you 60 and he's given you 43 i just watching this game like indiana is good and they're playing well they've won three in a row their last loss was to the houston rockets who are very very good right now at least they've turned it around after their bad start so i I think you need another really good performance from kimba like you at least need 30 and you need lamb to step up an efficient way let's get marvin like marv this is a time for you to show up now buddy well and and those two guys like like marvin and nick yeah, that's that's a crapshoot every time you enter a game. Right? Yeah, exactly. Are those guys going to hit shots? Is Nick even going to take shots? Who knows? But I think you need a Lamb to step up, and you need Malik Monk to step up. I mean that that's just how it is. For that's me. that's gonna that's gonna have to be it right now at this point because quite honestly, 
if you're not going to have that kind of bench scoring, you're not going to have that spacing on the bench with Billy out there because Billy has been hitting threes at a ridiculous rate. I mean, you're going to need that spacing from someone. I can't rely on Dwayne Bacon to do it just yet. Just some stats to look at here from Indiana. Boyan Bogdanovich has the highest field goal percentage from beyond the arc in the entire NBA at 53.5 on four attempts. So Boyan... He's good for two at least. He's good for two. At least he's going to hit a couple threes in this one. Thaddeus Young, uh, he's a guy that's averaging about 10 points per game. Like They're just very balanced when you look at it. The one thing I want to mention about the Pacers just real quickly is Miles Turner, often Mm -hmm. a guy that we refer to that the Hornets should have drafted instead of Frank Kaminsky, right? Devin Booker, he kind of falls in that line of guys you could have drafted instead of Frank. Still, absolutely should have drafted, and you take that 10 out of 10 um, over Frank. But Miles Turner hadn't stepped up. Up. And he got paid this offseason. He did. And Miles Turner was a guy that everybody's like, all right, next year he's going to be really good. He had a really good rookie season and he's been very good, but it's like, okay, you know, this is going to be the season where he's going to be flirting with an all star appearance and he just might get it. And he's averaging 11 points, only five rebounds as a close to seven footer at least at 6'11. He is good defensively. He does block two and a half uh, shots per game. His field goal percentage is 46, but his three point field goal percentage is 23 right now like miles hasn't taken that step up and if you're a pacers fan which of course i'm from indianapolis i like to see him do well Mm -hmm. like miles is the guy that you want to see step up and take that next level here yeah and you keep mentioning all this and watch him go for like 30 tonight (laughs) i do that's right that is right i do like that matchup with cody and i I think cody can play well against miles though i do think so too i think cody's another guy we're gonna have to look at like cody like you're gonna have to start looking at the basket when you get the ball late don't just look to screen or at least take the jumper. Yeah. Like you've been working on it. Believe in your jumper. Start taking it. Because oh, that was so egregious the yeah. other night. That was so bad. Yeah. I mean, he was wide open for a three and he hit one uh, in the last couple. He had won that game, I think. Yes, he and, did. And, and later on, that was the most egregious non shot ever where he was wide open and he just, he like completely. Literally drive it to the basket or t- <laughs> yeah. again. Just, just the classic back down one on one, like yeah. the big guy who With just nobody wants to back there. you down. Right. Yeah, the entire was, defense just pulled the chair on him. That was so bad. We're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. All right, we'll take a quick break and come back with some Thanksgiving talk. What are you most thankful for from the Charlotte Hornets this season? It's the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. Now that we have this question, <laughs> I got I, I feel like I need to ask this. Mm-hmm. Are y'all sweet potato pie folks or you pumpkin pie folks? Pumpkin pie folks. Sweet potato folk. Pumpkin pie. Sweet yeah. potato. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Our last show of the week, and we will be back with you on Monday. We will take, of course, Thanksgiving Day off, and then we won't be here on Friday either. Still yeah, trying we got to, shopping to do. Right. We do have shopping. Or do you like Black Friday? 
No, I am not a Black Friday person because I've worked Black Friday. And once you've worked one Black Friday <laughs> oh. in retail, you want to avoid it at all costs. I've never participated in Black Friday shopping. God bless you. Yeah, never done it. Never stayed up late enough to go on say, to go shop. Man, I'm just drinking and eating turkey that whole night. And I'm, I don't care about the shopping. Besides, they invented the internet. That's what the internet is. You're for. absolutely right. Now, those are pretty cool when you have, well, what is it? Is it Cyber Monday? Cyber Monday, yeah. Is that the, that, is that the Monday after? Thanksgiving that is, is that, the Monday after Thanksgiving even though I can get down with Cyber Monday those deals now are creeping into Black Friday mm, well I, I might have to take a look at that on the internet but I'm not going out so we asked you before we took that break what are you the most thankful for from the Hornets I would imagine Kemba Walker is high on the list for anybody. Kemba Walker Kemba Walker is absolutely high on the list I'm just thankful they're not embarrassing me this year <laughs> yeah I thought this was going to be a mediocre year and you know what so far it's it's been more than expect expectations, especially this recent homestand. Where again, I asked them, "Do not embarrass me in public," and they haven't so far. Two a one close loss at the in two the, games they've embarrassed you, but as a whole, they've done pretty decent. Exactly. Like again, again, two for sixteen is not a bad bad ratio to have in terms of embarrassments. <laughs> now, granted, it's early, but still, right. no, it's still early. Uh, I'm thankful for Miles Bridges dunks right yes, now, and I would be so. I would be sad to see those go if we had Bradley Beal, but I would be happy for Bradley Beal if that were to come over here. No, we're uh, just trading dunks for threes at that point. That's true. That is true. I'd be happy. I'd be thankful for some Bradley Beal threes. I'm also thankful for the Hornets marketing department. Pete Gwilly, I'm thankful for you, man. How about those shirts that he's given out? The nostalgia that I like to live in with the charlotte hornets the classic nights i'm thankful for the honeycomb court which i know you like the court i'm thankful for the court that they're playing on this season the butt swoosh maybe you're not thankful for but i'm thankful for that so there's a few things but i would be thankful for a victory here against the indiana pacers as well tonight uh just the overall dishes of thanksgiving no you're obviously a sweet potato sweet potato pie fan yes i'm black i can't help that i hear you so what is your favorite side other than that it's got to be, my mom makes, like, the best dinner rolls ever. Like, ever. Mom's dinner rolls? Mom's dinner rolls, like, perfect brioche dough. Like, they're good enough to where you get some sausages in the morning, cook up a little sausage, you got a nice little sausage, uh, turkey sausage sandwich, and you're good for at least a couple hours with them. My mom makes good stuffing. She makes a sausage and apple dressing, and she oh. makes a ham and red pepper dressing. It's very good. So I like I like both of those very much so. Uh, what is the worst dish that you've ever had at Thanksgiving? Uh, worst dish I've ever had. My mom can cook, so it's not one of those. I've, again, I was, again, I used to be married, so my in-laws might have um, <laughs> Bad in-law food? Oh yeah, bad in law food. It is. Was the, it all around, or was it just something? Was the turkey dry? Was the mashed potatoes? The were turkey they lumpy? was undercooked and underseasoned. Yeah, that'll ruin a Thanksgiving because oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a turkey fiend, man. I'm not here for these bold takes about how turkey doesn't matter. Like I'm here for the turkey. No, the turkey, the turkey is a star. If you're saying the turkey is dry, they're that, out there. People are out there that don't even care about the turkey. Like I'm all that. That's number one. I'm I'm not messing around. I don't have some cool answer for you about how mac and cheese is the best or how these mashed potatoes are. Like turkey to me is the star. Here's the thing. And this is going to be something that you, I, I want everybody listening to this to take to the bank. <laughs> if your turkey is dry, if your turkey is flavorless, if your turkey is under-seasoned, that just means the person that's cooking the turkey can't cook and shouldn't be cooking anymore. Go get yourself a professional. Go watch some, uh, uh, go watch some videos on YouTube. 
Just go do something better with your time. Go find a family that can adopt you that can actually cook, please. (laughs) The worst dish that I ever had was we once went, uh, I think there were a couple people over, um, and they they were like, they were friends of my mom's, and they brought in this mac and cheese dish that didn't look bad, right? It was was like crackers or something crumbled on top, and it looked good. Like, it, it looked good at the top, but then you dove into it, and it had some stringy onions in it. Oh, good God. And no. I was not a fan. No. No, it was pretty bad. And so I had to eat a little bit of it just to say, yes, thank you very much for bringing this. It was very good, even though I didn't mean it at all. It was really bad. Like, it was stringy Walker. onions and the mac and cheese. And I only got a little bit, and then I was done after that. I'd have Gordon, Gordon ramsay that, you know what. <laughs> like, literally. I'd have been like, who? For real. What are you, an puts, idiot sandwich? <laughs> who puts onions in mac and cheese? Reveal yourselves, please. Reveal yourselves, because that is insulting. No, it was bad. I was not. That was has to go down as the worst dish of all time that I've ever had at Thanksgiving. So I am not going to eat that here uh, this trip. I hope not. No, there's not going to be any there. So I'm going to dodge that. So we appreciate you joining us once again for this last edition of the week of Locked On Hornets. Reminder: We're taking the Thanksgiving weekend off again, but we will be back with you on Monday. So you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. And we'll be back with you on Monday to recap the weekend that was with the Charlotte Hornets. See you guys.